On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we give our winners and losers from week 17. Spoiler alert, the Giants are losers. We also recap our predictions from August and see how our bold predictions have aged. Some are fine wine and some are fine milk. We also argue about regression and Craig keeps rolling his eyes for some reason. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Rigger Fantasy Football Show. I'm Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Quarlbeck. Guys, can I just vent for a second? I know what this is going to sure. be about. Yes. I fucking hate the Giants. I hate the Eagles even more. I hate football. The whole thing's dumb. I feel like a moron. I don't know why we root for teams. <laughs> and the Sunday night football disaster. I, I don't know. It, embarrassment? Cluster, really, it's a clusterfuck. That's the proper term. Mm. It, mm-hmm. it, it has made me reevaluate how I spend my time. Did you really want the Giants to go six and ten, make the playoffs, and lose? <laughs> so yeah, I, I did. I did. Who are you more mad at? My brother actually disagreed <laughs> with me. I, I, I actually felt I was like, you know what? Screw it. Forget the eleventh pick versus the nineteenth pick. I wanted to win the division. I wanted to play Tom Brady again in the playoffs. I wanted them to make it. I would be lying. Uh, I was like, worst playoff team, whatever. I don't care. They literally would have been the worst playoff team of all time. Uh, fine, I'll play Tom Brady in the playoffs. I don't care. But. Yeah, I, I think I would have been on your side too. I'd rather have made the You let hope it. into your heart. I believe I had a money line parlay on the Giants and the Eagles. I had it all rolling. <laughs> Shadow FanDuel Sportsbook. It, it was all going. And then Jalen Hurts was running the touchdowns in. And then when Nate Sudfeld came in, I felt like I had been friend zoned. Like, like, you know, like, you know, like you get friend zoned. Yeah. And like in the moment, you're pursuing someone and you're like, oh, I have a chance. Like, you know, it's a reach, but like, you know, I totally have a chance. And then it ends and you get friend zone and there was someone else. And then they like, ask about your friend. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> oh, wow. I was a fucking idiot. What was I thinking? What was I doing? Why did I think that this six and 10 Giants team was going to do anything? And then it's I, the fact that I was rooting for the Eagles and then the Eagles turned around and were like, no, was a hollowness. I haven't really experienced before because it's so bad enough to root for your division rival and then for your division rival to be like, actually, we don't even care. <laughs> I kind of, I, I, I don't understand at all why Doug Peterson did what he did, but um, <laughs> I do. Uh, I don't. What, I, what, he, what are you talking about? You do. The taking thing is too it's, simplistic. It's, oh, it's fucking easy to understand. They wanted to hire traffic. That's it. Period. Like it's super easy. I don't think that's the, the, the case. difference I, between the number nine and number six is like 
the uh, it, uh, Evan Silva tweeted this. It's like the 68th overall pick. It's like a valuable jump. Like it makes 100% sense. I believe that that's possible. And I think that the Eagles, are, there's only three or four teams I actually believe would send a front office down edict of like, we want this pick to do this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But they went for it on fourth down to take the lead. And Jalen Hurts was like three yards shy of taking a 21-17 lead. Like the idea that Doug Peterson saw that pass drop was like, I guess we got to quit now. Well, yeah, I, I'm like, a little why dubious. Would, why wouldn't they just start Nate Sunfeld then? Like why? Yeah, it's like a Twitter discourse around tanking became like real life. It's like, I, it's too good to be true. I honestly feel like in a way, the most realistic thing is he actually did want to see Nate Sunfeld get reps. Yeah. Well, like, there's an the explanation. Thing. That's the dumbest shit I've ever. Like heard. honestly, the outrage over this is baff. The, the outrage over this whole thing is baffling to me. They're a fucking four win team. Who gives a shit? They won I gave games. a shit. DK, were you listening to anything <laughs> I said? It's a real f you to like Sunday night football. Whatever. The fact that like they they flex this game to Sunday night, and then Doug Biz is like, oh yeah, I'll see that, and up you, uh, Nate Sudfeld. I know they suck. Like, let me be clear. I know the Giants didn't deserve to make it. Like, like, don't go six and ten if you want to make it. But still, it still sucked. I thought it was funny. <laughs> a really <laughs> odd end, to the, a fitting end to the twenty twenty. The oh Washington almost Just, lost too. That would have been like the actually the most fitting end is if if <laughs> they'd done that and then Washington still ended ended up losing at the very end there, and they almost did. They tried to give it away. Okay. Anyway, I just had to get all that off my chest. I just, That's I just fair. feel so stubborn. I also want to shout out Dave Gettleman, who's been the GM of the Giants for three seasons, and they have three wins in that time over teams with winning records. Nice. Anyways, should we get to winners and losers <laughs> of Week Seventeen? Even though I'm clearly a loser, Week Seventeen. Even though there's likely no real winners and losers of Week Seventeen because fantasy doesn't really exist. Although we did get some emails about people who have Week Seventeen championships, which is insane. It's a thing. It's a thing that a few people do. I don't want to like fantasy kink shame people, but like, I feel like a lot of people in week 17 leagues are not really in it. Like they don't do it on purpose. It's kind of like the commissioner just to suit like first time commissioner. And they're just like, oh yeah, it's a hat on a hat. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, DK, who's your winner of week 17? (laughs) Wait, can we tell people that we're at least going to, we're going to have some fun stuff. We're going to, we're going to get into all of our predictions. Oh yeah. Right. We're also, yeah. Good, good good call, Craig. Uh, Yeah. You're the one who titles the episodes. We're going to go through all of our like bold predictions from August. We're actually going to have some accountability on the show. And I mean, I let's let's be honest. The the term is bold. So by definition, a lot of these are going to be incorrect. Just want to throw that out there. We're going to go over <laughs> our bold predictions for the season and the halfway point of the season, as well as our top targets heading into the season and yeah. how those panned out as well. Yeah. All right. So we got that through. Justin Jefferson is my winner of the week. And for the most part, it was like a full season award. I think you know, he he ended up with 88 catches for 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. He ended up as the, that is, that made him the wide receiver eight in fantasy and PPR. But crucially, most receiving yards for a rookie ever. He he passed yeah, up Anquan Bolden, or I guess I should say in the modern era. Um, he passed up uh, Anquan Bolden, who had the record previously, 1,377. He, uh, Jeff, Jeff, Jefferson had seven games with 100 plus yards this season. And don't forget, he, it took him a while to get in, involved in this offense. Like, he was a rotating yeah. bit piece for the first, like, two or three weeks. So, just a really, really impressive performance by him. Um, you know, he's got to be one of the most exciting rookie pass catchers ever, really. And I think, he, he, you know, he's looking, like, on on this trajectory to be one of the all-time greats. So, wait, what do you mean he had the most rookie receiving yards in the modern era? Was Don Hudson out here in the 40s getting more receiving yards as a rookie than Justin Jefferson? Since the merger. <laughs> Since oh, people okay. started keeping real Since the forward pass was a thing. No, I don't know. Since the merger. 
You know how we did the fantasy rewatch was the last category was who won the movie, which was like who won the year, who won the fantasy year. Mm-hmm. I think Justin Jefferson is like top five in yeah. that category. If you yeah. do your ranking, you know, I think we gave it to Kamara, but you know, I'm sure Josh Allen's there. Maybe Kyler's there. Derrick Henry. I think Jefferson's like five or six on that list. I mean, he, he was a pretty remarkable story. Who would you give oh, yeah. offensive rookie oh, yeah. of the year to, Justin Jefferson or Justin Herbert? Which Justin? If I'm doing it, oh man, that's tough. Well, they both set records, right? Herbert set the touchdown record. Probably Herbert, but it's still. It's hard with the quarterbacks. It's yeah. hard not to it's give like, it to a quarterback. It's really fucking difficult to play quarterback. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I, I mean, I, I'm the with thing. Craig where it's like if Joe Burrow did exactly what Justin Herbert would did, is there any question that Joe Burrow's getting getting the award? No. no. It's not even a doubt. No. Yeah. I'm giving it to Herbert. That said, Je- Jefferson, what he did is just incredible. I mean, he's already a top tier court, uh, top tier top tier receiver in the NFL at this point in fantasy. Yeah. What about fun. third distant third, Jonathan Taylor? Any love for Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I mean, I think he was my bonus winner of the week, and, and you know what he did in week seventeen. I man, would have been more fun if he did this last week. Thirty yeah. carries, two hundred and fifty eight yards, and two touchdowns. Unbelievable! I mean, he just went absolutely it's just nuclear. So many people who had him in fantasy are probably so upset. There is a thing in week seventeen where when your season's over and you see the stats of all your players and you just yeah. get livid. Yeah. What, all going how crazy. about Jerry Judy? Who I have? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> The, t- the 250 fucking yards out of Jonathan Taylor. I mean, like, that's probably like a top 20 rushing total all time in a game. He was sixth in rushing yards in the NFL because of that game. He finished <laughs> sixth. No, he didn't yeah. finish sixth. Like, he finished third. Did he? Yeah, Wait. he's third, believe it he or not. He finished third. Oh my God, maybe it was sixth <laughs> before. Yeah, he went from sixth oh. to third with that game. Dude, that is insane. Jonathan Taylor was in the burn book. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the burn book. There, was, third dude, there, there was a minute there in the middle of the season where we were legitimately talking about Trent Richardson. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no vision. He was just really struggling. They were using this committee. And, okay. you know, it, it's one of those things where you just have to ride out those moments of in, like of doubt, I feel like, in some cases. Jonathan Taylor had 90 rushing yards once in a game until week 11. <laughs> and then he just went off. Well, I think that and he speaks was also to how many running backs got hurt. I mean, quite honestly, I think that there were just a lot of guys who didn't have really complete seasons. There's only, I think, uh, seven or eight guys who ran for a thousand yards this year. Yeah, dying the position breed. is just yeah, exactly. It's so weird. Speaking of thousand yard rushers, my winner of the week, Derrick Henry, two thousand yard rusher. I remember I saw the stat that he needed like 223 yards to get to 2,000. I remember thinking, oh, that's funny. He like actually could get that. And then he had 200 <laughs> rushing yards with 20 minutes left in the game. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he so he obviously is like, was he's one of eight guys to get to 2,000 rushing yards in a season. But that's not even the thing for me. The thing is like, he has all of these 200-yard performances. Yeah, what was the stat you gave last yeah, time? Yeah, a week ago, I said that there's only been, uh, what was it? There's only been like, Six 200-yard games, and he had half of them. And now he had one, and Jonathan Taylor had another one. So, like, it's still true. He has half the 200-yard <laughs> rushing games in the last four years. It's unbelievable. And then <laughs> the other thing I just want to shout out, Dan Orlovsky at ESPN uh, tweeted out the stat that Derek... So, the rushing yards leaders this year, it's Derek Henry's first, and then second place is Dalvin Cook. Third is Jonathan Taylor, and then fourth would be Derek Henry in the first half. Or sorry, Derek Henry in the second half. Wow. <laughs> Derrick Henry's games. second half rushing yards were more than basically every other running back except two people. 
That's body, body blows, baby. Body blows. <laughs> like, like this guy, and it was his all his biggest games are in the biggest performances for the Titans. Like he had a hundred and he he had that 180, 200 yard plus stretch for three games in a row when the Titans were in elimination game, playoff game, playoff game. He did this this week when the Titans were winning in. Like he's doing all this when it matters most. It's like the, he's like the Robert Ori of 200 yard rushing games. It's insane. <laughs> Anyways, winner of the week, Derrick Henry. What about you, Craig? My winner of the week is the Glanbergs, the Glansbergs of the wide receiver class this year, and mainly just on the year, not just week 17. So I made me think about this because of I, there were some crazy week 17s out of these random guys, Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones. And <laughs> I wanted to toss in Chris Godwin because I feel like he's been a Glansberg this year. We never put him in yeah. the burn book, but he's been kind of disappointing. So if you look at the top 24 wide receivers this year, every single one is predictable except five. Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk, but they're not Glansbergs. We talked about them all year. And then the other three that stand out to me in the top 24 are Chris Godwin, Marvin Jones, and Brandon Cooks. We didn't talk about them all year. Yeah. They had huge weeks last week. Let me talk about the second half of the season for these guys. Chris Godwin was the wide receiver 29 weeks 1 to 9. Weeks 9 to 17, he was the wide receiver 13. No one talked about it. Brandon Cooks, after Will Fuller left, was the wide receiver 3. I'm sorry. Can Jeez. you say that again? After Will Fuller left in week 11, Brandon Cooks was the wide receiver three. No one said anything about it. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Marvin Jones from second half of the season, weeks nine to 17, was the wide receiver five. Yeah, he went off. Matthew Barry had a couple interesting tweets about Marvin Jones. Uh, since week eight, only Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams had more touchdowns than Marvin Jones. And... This is now Marvin Jones's fourth season with nine touchdown catches. Wow. The only other list of active players to have that is Larry Fitz, Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, and Devontae Adams. I like how Des Bryant's active. Right. <laughs> and he doesn't even <laughs> fucking count. But like, I kind of just wanted to shout out Marvin Jones, Brandon Cooks, and Chris Godwin. Godwin's good. He'll be fine. But like, Cooks and Jones are going to be, you know, next year, they're going to be there again. And like, no one's going to give a shit about them. Marvin Jones is a free agent. This can be very fascinating to see where he ends up if he's if he resigns in in Detroit or what happens. But he's one of those. He's definitely one of those players in the NFL that's just perpetually underrated. You know what I mean? One, his name is Marvin Jones. Uh, <laughs> Jones, Jones, and and he's up there in Detroit on a shitty team. He might be the King yeah. Glansberg. He's been on the Bengals and the Lions in his career. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. two two like very weak big cats. <laughs> King Glansberg, Marvin Jones. All right, what about losers of the week? DK. Yeah, so unfortunately, I got to throw Tua Tungvaloa in here. Um, really <laughs> rough, rough way to end the season. You know, he, he, he's had a kind of an up-and-down rookie season. There's been moments there where he flashed and looked pretty good, and then I think the overall, uh, you know, piece is just not... He, he, he didn't show anything that, show, that, that would tell you he's going to be like the long-time starter there. Ending on this note is especially discouraging. You know, he threw three picks, just looked lost. Um, it, it makes you think <laughs> that. Lost. I mean, it's one of those performances where if if he'd played really well and the Dolphins had gone to the playoffs and then he had he'd built on that and like done stuff like he could completely change the story of his not only this season but this his career. And now you go into next season like the Dolphins could legitimately draft a, his replacement at number three with Houston's pick. They have the number three pick in the draft, and now we don't even know if Tua is going to be the starter. Like. That is how impactful this this terrible performance could potentially be. You know, it's just one of those things where it leaves such a lasting impression. Um, you know, if he'd played great 
and they made it to the playoffs and, and, and all that. Like there's this whole alternate universe that I can imagine, but it did yeah. not happen. So I'm not I'm not giving up on Tua in his career. Obviously, I, I like him still. And I think he has potential to develop into a, a good quarterback down the line. But just what he sh- he's shown this season and what he showed us uh, specifically in week 17, it was just not good. This is stupid that we're all like worried about. I mean, like you have to give him a shot to play fucking football. Like, what are we doing here? Peyton Manning threw 28 picks his rookie year. Like, yeah. he was one of the high, most touted prospects. Let him play a full season, another one. Like, look at Josh Allen. Like, shit happens. Like, let the guy play the sport that you drafted him to play. You can't can him after, like, four and a half bad games. I agree with Craig. I mean, he broke his hip, like, yeah. 13 months ago. And then didn't it really have an I agree off-season. with you both. I'm not, I'm not saying they should replace him. That's not my point. What I'm saying is they might replace him. <laughs> you know what the, I mean? like, at the very least, it will be talked about. And even <laughs> if they don't, he will go into this next season with all these doubts over him in, in a way yeah. that most quarterbacks drafted that high never have that much doubt entering their season two. It's also not like he was terrible for the whole season. He was just pretty bad the last few games. And the Fitzpatrick thing, the yo-yoing of him out, in and out of the lineup, and then Fitzpatrick yeah. gets COVID, and then he can't play this week. And so... Tua can't get pulled and then gets freaking annihilated. Although it's also worth saying that this game also cost probably cost Brian Flores coach of the year because they, the Dolphins were about to go from like the worst scoring defense to the best scoring defense, which hadn't happened in like 60 years. And then (laughs) give up 56 56. points. I think I read that. I think I read the bills. I think actually Roger said this, Roger uh, Sherman, our coworker, they, the bills scored the most points of any team this season, 56 Correct me if I'm right. If you if you remember yes, any of that is accurate. I also read that from Roger. And then and that was against the team who came into the into the week with the best scoring defense. So like they're averaging eighteen point eight per game, best in the NFL. Drop fifty six on them. The Bills are a buzzsaw, by the way. <laughs> that that should not be overlooked in this discussion. The Bills are absolutely on fire right now. <sighs> this is just such a weird situation. I, I mean, the other person I just want to shout out just Ryan Fitzpatrick who. I mean, it's kind of a loser for the week for me. He's never made the playoffs. And yeah. this was just like the best chance they were going to have because even if they lost, there were like three other teams that could lose and they'd still make it. And they did. I just feel so bad for him to not be able to come into that game. It's against the Bills. Obviously, he played for the Bills. Just if he retires, having never made it, just absolutely brutal. He's not going to retire, I don't think. I feel like he's having too much fun. He's a free agent also. He sounded pretty freaking what, heartbroken. I'll take him on the Steelers. Well, let, it, let him <laughs> have should, a play day. He should take over for Ben, honestly. It'd be honestly. a way better team. <laughs> All right, Throw Craig, loser, uh, the losers of the week. Okay, so I, I'm going to shout this guy out now because we're not going to get to it later. I just wanted to shout out, uh, the loser is all the people who drafted Chris Herndon this season. <laughs> Which is partly our fault, right? There's this weird thing that happened with <laughs> Chris speak Herndon. speak for yourself. Where, the first 14 weeks of the season, he had 24 points. And the last three weeks, he had 33 and was the tight end six in points per game. What? For some <laughs> reason, there's been some mini resurgence in Chris Herndon. And I'm telling you right now, I'm sorry to all the people who listen to us, me, about Chris Herndon. However, <laughs> I just want you to know this. It's going to happen again. It's going yeah. to happen again next year because there was... Just a glimmer of hope. It's like Godfather 3. Right when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Who knows what the quarterback situation will be like in New York, but like, just saying, I'm sorry. because I think you're right, because the only thing worse than going in on Herndon again and him burning you again would be being out on Herndon and him being amazing. And you're like, oh, right. He's away from Adam Gase. He's great now. Yeah, he's my Devontae Parker. I stuck with Parker for a while. It worked out. I'm sticking with Herndon. Post-type. The post-type sleeper, baby. 
Herndon's going to give you anybody who escapes the yoke of Adam Gase is going right. to have a better year. So we have to change the name of the. Do we have to change the name of the burn book now that Gase is no longer a coach? They'll get hired somewhere. He Alabama offensive coordinator Alabama. Adam Gase. Yeah. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Let's go to, let's just recap like the, our guys, like our favorite people from 2020 and how they did. Yeah. So these are like our August picks. Like, and, and we're, we're starting with these because these were not bold predictions. We've been telling you how wrong our bold predictions have been all season, but these are guys that were like normal people who we just liked. So, um, from the top 50, <laughs> I believe. So we're going to run yeah. through that. So first up, I'm going to shout, I mean, I think this is someone we all really liked. I'll give the credit to you too, but Alan Robinson, we had him ranked pretty high in the ringer draft guide. How do you do? He was the wide receiver 10 overall, 13th in points per game. His ADP was eighth. So he technically underperformed, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah. But um, he was right there. I mean, it, it, when you're talking about like he he was two spots below, you know, his ADP, like that's not a huge deal. That's not going to lose you a league. It's the guys that are, yeah. you know, like way, way off. So I, I, I feel like people who took our advice, invested in Allen Robinson, probably weren't super disappointed. The guy that maybe they were pretty disappointed about was Kenyon Drake for the Cardinals. I think all of us liked Drake going into the season. I had him as one of my guys. And, you know, I think there was a combination of the Cardinals' offense was different in terms of the run game. They just couldn't get their run game going as much as they did last year. Um, and then I think Kyler Murray stole the rushing production more than we thought he would. You know, we saw Drake oh start God. picking up. You know, We didn't the see the 10 touchdowns for Kyler in this first, like, 11 games. Yeah, I, I don't think we we predicted that. We didn't we didn't factor that in enough, I guess. And so Drake definitely was, you know, not he he didn't he, that did not help his uh, his bottom line. In the second half of the season, Drake actually did kind of pick up and start getting some of that rushing production, start getting some of those like goal line carries that Kyler was stealing. He ended up as the RB fourteen. It wasn't a total disaster, but. I feel like that was a swing and a miss on my part. I, you know, Drake just, it didn't happen for for him. It didn't happen for the Cardinals run game like we thought it would. Um, wasn't a, it wasn't a massive, massive mistake, but I don't feel good about it. It just goes to show how weird our, like the running backs were though and just kind of are each year. Like he was a disappointment, but like he was the RB14. Like yeah. he wasn't a disaster. If you started him every single game, like you were all right. Right. Yeah, tough, tough beginning of the season. Tough beginning of the season for Kenyon Drake. You're clawing your way back to the playoffs. Definitely, yeah. definitely. If you stuck with him. Uh, my guy, one of my guys from the start of the season was Bobby Trees. And we all loved Bobby Trees. Bobby Trees. Mm-hmm. His ADP was the wide receiver 22. We liked him much higher. And he finished as the overall wide receiver 12. He was a wide receiver one. So good for him. Epitome of consistency. Robert yep. Forrest. 
was yet once again Robert Forrest, the least flashy wide receiver one in the league. You yeah. could just go. You could you could just watch so many Rams games and like not see his face. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's really true. <laughs> that was a, that was a like. That was a tough joke. I mean, it was it good. It, no, I'm it serious. Landed. Like he's like if you're watching a Rams broadcast, it's like golf. You see Jalen Ramsey, you see Aaron Donald a lot. You, they even show you Cam Akers. They'll show you Cooper. McVay's on the screen all McVay the time, constantly. Robert Woods is like the eighth ranked guy that they show, and it's like he's the number one receiver on the team. And, and like he's one of the best in the league. I thought you were making a miss the forest for the trees joke there. Oh, oh. no! Even by my standards, <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's where my brain going. went. Wow. Okay. Let's the, the next guy that DK and I had on our list heading into the season was Adam Thielen. His ADP was the wide receiver 12. He finishes the wide receiver eight overall, but then was usurped by Justin Jefferson towards <laughs> the end of the season. He was just kind of a touchdown king. Yeah. I don't think I'll probably be making the Adam Thielen. I'm not going to tout him quite as hard next year. He's just going to be really good, really solid. But yeah, Je- Jefferson's going to retake his place or, or take over his place probably. I'm, I'm saying it right now. Adam Thielen is going to drop really far in everyone's rankings because he's like going to be 32. Jefferson's yeah. this big guy and he'll still be good. He'll be just fine. Absolutely. Craig's just staking his ground on the premature takes already. Yeah. <laughs> You're building a new list already. We're going to review this pod in August. Yes. About our, our early takes. What do you think... This is the exact same conversation, I feel like. Tyler Lockett. Everyone's going to be really disappointed with his second half of the season. He was essentially unstartable. I was, I was actually slacking with you guys on Sunday when, when Lockett was going off. He had two touchdowns. He beca- he set the new Seahawks record for total receptions in a season. He has 100 receptions this year, which I was completely, season. completely unaware of this fact. I had no idea this was even a thing. He set the Seahawks record for receptions in a season. He was essentially unstartable for half the season in fantasy. <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? Are our standards too high? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> yeah. In fact, they were because I think we liked him. We liked him a lot. We all thought, I especially thought Russ was going to cook. He did cook for half the season. Lockett's ADP, he was a wide receiver 19. He finished as a wide receiver 13. So he definitely <laughs> outplayed his, his stock. Tied for fifth in the NFL in Lockett catches. is a function of the Seahawks offense. That so I think bizarre. That what I learned this year is that I will not be trusting the Seahawks offense to cook. Like, the, whatever this happens to the Seahawks, whether they go one and done or win the Super Bowl, we'll be hearing all offseason if they're going to let Russ cook or not. And spoiler alert, they're not going to let, it's not going to happen again. They're no. not going to let it happen. And so yeah. I'm not I'm not bullish on this. Like even DK Metcalf, I don't know if like there's too much hype around what his actual production will be when they're not actually interested in throwing. Like like the first half of that season is going to be so much more memorable than the second half when Pete Carroll just changed his mind. But it still worked. Like I, like DK Metcalf was the wide receiver seven. Like everyone on the Seahawks exceeded expectations, even though half the year they were dog shit. Yeah, but DK Metcalf will be a second round pick next year. And I just, I think that the odds that in such a low volume, well, I don't know. We don't have to start litigating next season already. But I feel like I'm, <laughs> I, I'm probably going to end up taking Lockett in a lot of drafts because I think he's going to fall. I think he's going to fall. He's really your Chris far. Herndon. He might be. No, he's not. <laughs> I, I also <laughs> like him. I'm also like going to be the person who's going to talk all offseason about how Lockett was hiding an injury for like six weeks during the second half of the year because he just didn't look right. And, I mean, obviously, he looked good yesterday. He looked good on Sunday and had two touchdowns. Both of his touchdowns, by the way, were incredible. I don't know. It's one of those things. This is He's one of those players that I I don't know where I land on him, honestly. It's like, again, he was unstartable, but he also set the Seahawks record for receptions. Like, I don't know how to reconcile that. I don't know what, what, where, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> so I felt about rooting for the freaking Eagles, man. Speaking of, I don't know what to do with. Uh, my One of my guys going, heading into the season, I, I did like James Conner, who I thought would bounce back. Uh, his ADP was the RB18. He finished as the RB25, which is still higher than I even thought it would be. Yeah. But um, he wasn't good. I don't know what, if he's going to be on the Steelers next year. I don't know. Um, I doubt Disappointing it. season in general. For they the couldn't Steelers. run the ball. They couldn't run the ball at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a miss. Connor was just bad. I'm walking back my take that he's the third best running back on that group, though. He's definitely better than than Snell. <laughs> <laughs> Snell yeah, suffers right. from the name thing. If his name was Benny Snow, he, I think we, everybody would think he's better. Benny um, Ice. And then I, I said I liked Mark Andrews, which isn't exactly bold, but he ended up being the tight end five. He was drafted as the tight end three. I think he was disappointing. It might be a product of Lamar. He also kind of dropped a lot of passes. I still think he's good, but that team is weird. Yeah. That was a tough passing game to get get behind in the first half of the season. They just weren't doing anything. They had kind of like this identity crisis. And Who Lamar didn't was struggling. Eh, that's true. No, I, I, that was just a strange... I think Mark Andrews is one of those where like he's one of those players where the average doesn't really tell the story of his season. Like he just... Yeah. A lot of ups and downs. Uh, someone who was very consistent. Calvin Ridley... I really like two players from the Falcons this offseason or entering this season. It was Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst. I just loved both of them. Calvin Ridley was obviously amazing. Hayden Hurst was like pretty disappointing. I was pretty upset with Hayden Hurst yeah. because he was like just couldn't like he had a couple games where you're like, I don't want to cut him. And you look at the tight end wasteland and you're like, is there really someone better? But like he just wasn't there. But Calvin Ridley was obviously fantastic. And uh, even with Julio going out, I mean, we kind of were wondering whether Calvin Ridley was going to be the Chris Godwin of this year. And he kind of was. It's kind of exactly what he was. I mean, not he from was the wide receiver point, four but, overall. I feel yeah. like that kind of go that flew under the radar a little bit. He's amazing. He's just yeah. fantastic. Well, he kind of thought he would regress, and he kind of didn't. Yeah, fantastic. That's been that's been the story of his career. I think like he had. I feel like just going off memory, he had like ten touchdowns as a rookie, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's not going to happen again." And he just keeps putting up stats. My next guy is AJ Brown for the Titans. I liked him a lot. He his ADP ended up being wide receiver fifteen. I think people were fading him not because they didn't think he was good, but because they thought the Titans' offense was going to be like really run heavy. You know, there's just not going to be enough volume to go around, and that turned out to be incorrect. I mean, we saw what Tannehill did. He's throwing the ball around a lot. They obviously do lean on Henry, but I feel like the passing game is just so funneled between Brown and Corey Davis that it doesn't matter. Like, you can still depend on this guy. He had a good second half. He did get hurt early in the season, so missed some games, so he ended up as a wide receiver 14, but in points per game, he was wide receiver 9. So he was a good value if you got him at wide receiver 15 spot. My last guy that I, I loved heading into the season was Josh Allen, who's my favorite quarterback in the league. He's going to be next year. I'm going to he's <laughs> going to be call. my quarterback too. Uh, he finished as the quarterback two overall, even though his ADP was a QB nine. He was the QB four in points per game. Josh Allen is the best, probably the most likable quarterback in the league. Um, <laughs> I love him. I love the more than Joey. The more Bowl. than Joey covers. Way more than Joey Carter. Yeah, what? I just please. I I actually have Josh down Josh Allen in please. a dynasty league, and when I drafted him, uh, I was actually trying to trade him a couple of years ago, and someone I suggested that he would be as good as QB two one day, like the second best quarterback. And the guy wrote in the group chat for the league, and he was like, "If Josh Allen ever ends up as the QB two, I will do the last place punishment for the league." He says, "Screenshot it, write it down, 
Oh my it god! It won't happen. Nice. Keep the receipts. So I kept <laughs> nice. the receipts, and when he finishes QB two, I dropped it in the lead chest. Sweet. What's the last so place punishment? Well, that's the thing is we never set one, which is so fucking upsetting because it's like Damn. what what a what a moment. But uh, it, honestly, just just having the receipts was worth it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. On that's the amazing. other hand, uh, on the other side of the coin, I really liked Matt Stafford coming to the season. I thought he was going to be like a QB one, and. Man, the Lions are just such a clusterfuck. I still think Stafford is a good player and he has potential to, you know, depending on what happens either with the Lions or if he ends up getting traded or something like that, um, I still think he's got a lot of life in him in terms of the fantasy realm. But, man, he was just bad. He was a QB 16 overall, QB 25 in points per game. He, he wasn't winning many people games. And, yeah, the Lions just were terrible. And Galladay was hurt for the majority of the season. It just didn't, yeah. it felt like nothing really came together for him. So definitely a whiff on that one. I, I was disappointed in how Stafford did, but I don't think I'm going to be totally off the Stafford train next year. I feel like he's still going to be a value because he's just a good player and hopefully the system yeah. would be better around him. Yeah, they could be a quick bounce back team. If Stafford gets traded, where would you want him? Where would you want him to be? Like, where would you be happiest for his football destination? Uh, that's a good question. Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh would be fun. <laughs> you say Pittsburgh with, every time with all those receivers. That that would be really fun. My, the first place that my mind went was uh, San Francisco and get him with Shanahan. Um, I I wouldn't like that as a Seahawks fan very much because I think that the biggest thing like that that the NFL and the world needs to not do is let Shanahan get a good quarterback because we just can't have that. But in the fantasy world, <laughs> they should have get Russell Wilson in San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty sweet in fantasy world but yeah now i think you know put him with the steelers that would be sweet put him with the 49ers put him really anywhere <laughs> i think he'd be all right um you know just get him in a good system with a good play caller put him with carolina where they have you know assuming joe brady doesn't leave which he probably will so who knows but um yeah stafford's like 32 or 33 years old he's not he's gonna be around for a while okay last and any other any other our guys we want to hit before bolt um sorry i was reading something else just casually reading an article. Are you just reading an article during our podcast? <laughs> no, no. Um, so, so, what, so did you lie to us? No, I was reading. I was reading tweets. Is what I was doing. <laughs> You're scrolling, scrolling Twitter. Twitter. We're not important to you. What the fuck are you doing, man? Why are you on Twitter? You guys, I'm trying to watch out for breaking news. This is. I'm doing a very important thing right now. Are we boring uh, you? <laughs> Look, I was the one who was just talking, guys. Come on. Uh, the other, you bored the other yourself. Two, yeah, <laughs> Stafford. Anytime you talk about the Lions, it was like you starting to bore yourself. He to starts death. scrolling Twitter as he's talking <laughs> to distract his own just brain. trailing off. About the All Lions. right, I think we should move on. To that bold predictions, bold takes. Sure. Sure. Here we go, man. Let's let's see what panned out here. We never came up. We should have come up with a like your your dynasty league hyphens. We should have come up with like a. Like an award. Yeah, we forgot punishment. to do the punishments. We forgot. Thank yeah. God. Thank God we didn't, because I didn't do so hot. The one that I will say I'm pretty proud of is I said Tom Brady would lead the NFL in touchdown passes, which at the time was a pretty massive. I was going out on a limb. I feel like you know it wasn't completely impossible, but he was coming off of a pretty low, down year. People were talking about how washed he was. There was moments in the early part of the season where people were like, "He is done. Like he looks terrible." Tom Brady finished second, tied for second in the NFL in touchdown passes. He threw 40 touchdowns. It's the most he's had since 2007. Yeah, wow. so I think that's a pretty goddamn good year. And to give you some context, let's start out. Number one, I saw this at, he is that He broke Peyton Manning's record for most touchdown passes for a quarterback in his first season with a new team. 
So mm. that has to be taken into account. He was switching teams, switching offenses after spending 20 years with the Patriots. He switched and, and did all that. So that's really incredible. Number two, among quarterbacks who played in an age 43 season, Tom Brady is obviously number one in touchdowns. He had 40. Guess how many the second most for a person for a quarterback in their age 43 season was? One. Well, not not quite that low. Six. George Blanda in 1970 had six touchdowns. His wow. first in yards, he had 4,600 yards, 4,633. Second most for a quarterback ever in, in their age 43 season was 952 by Vinny Testaverde in 2007. And then if we just want to say for quarterbacks over 40, Tom Brady's 40 touchdowns was second, uh, was the most. Second most was Tom Brady in 2017 with 32. He also had the most yards for anyone over 40, and his second most was also Tom Brady in 2017 with 4,500. Um, so, I mean, he, he set new records for quarterbacks over 40 years old. And, like, just what he's done at his age, switching teams, I thought it was pretty incredible. Yeah, that was a good prediction by you. Believe me, I don't like praising Tom Brady. He gets enough fucking praise, let's be honest. But No, in a, in a bizarre way, he almost didn't get it that much press this year because there was other stuff going on, like just the COVID stuff. Like it wasn't a normal, I mean, it was a normal season, but at the same time, Brady being on the Bucks somehow was never like the banner story. It, it didn't feel ever present to me. And in a well, way, I think the reason why is because every time they played on primetime, they sucked. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I guess that's that Saints true. game, where which again was the, probably the worst loss a good team took all year. And the Bears game, the Giants game, like they were close and all those. And the Chiefs, games. the Chiefs, they gave up the two hundred yards to Tyree Kill. Like, I mean, that game ended up being close at the end, but it just looked like the Chiefs were going to win by forty. Like they just all the games where he put up like four or five touchdowns were like random ten o'clock games. Where well, the no Bucks just watching. keep looking like a collection of parts instead of like a team. Like they don't look like a congealed thing yet. And so I'm curious how they do in the playoffs. But Brady has been really good. I, I have questions about like the rest of the team, like the kind of some of the Arians stuff. But I think <laughs> Brady's been really good. Good call, DK. My number two was very much related to my number one bold take, and that was Mike Evans would finish number two in PPR points per game. He did not. He finished 14th, 16.1 points per game, which is still pretty good. Um, he finished as the wide receiver nine overall in half PPR, and. The key is, like, he had a pretty goddamn good year anyway. 70 catches, 1,000 yards, and 13 touchdowns. He had his seventh straight 1,000-yard season to start his career. Didn't I he was get just hurt like, the next play? Yeah. Yeah, somebody said, I don't remember if it was Kevin Clark, somebody was saying that they were trying to force it to him to get him over 1,000. They were. Well, I mean, Brady was doing that to 1,000. He got Antonio Brown the catches to get him the quarter-million-dollar yeah. bonus. Yeah. But I Let me ask you a question about the Bucks receivers. If you had one game tomorrow... And you could pick any three of them to be on your team. Who's the best one? Any one of the three. Sorry. Oh, any one of the three. Um, Godwin, Brown, and Evans. Who's the best man. receiver on the team? I think it's Like Mike on your Evans. actual football team or yeah. your fantasy team? Hmm. No, football team, real life. You think I, it's Mike yeah, Evans? Yeah, I still think it's Evans, probably. I think Godwin's Evans. really good, but yeah, Evans. Godwin's great, but there's also a little bit of Juju Smith-Schuster syndrome where it's like, okay, like he is the number two receiver on the team. And yeah. just like Antonio Brown leaves, and then Juju's like, oh shit, he's not that great anymore. I think there's a little shades of that with Godwin. Like, Evans is still really freaking good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move quickly through my last couple here. I had. Oh, you want to move fast? Yeah. We, like, we're spending way you too much time. You don't want to dwell. We don't even barely need to even talk about this. I had Cam Akers <laughs> finishing ahead of Aaron Jones. That was mostly just to like 
needle <laughs> Craig because Craig loves Aaron Jones. And if that didn't happen, let's just move on. Um, Raheem Mostert would finish as an RB1. Injuries played a pretty big factor in this, but he was disappointing. He, he was the RB27 in points per game. So not a great season for Mostert. He was he was one of those guys that like play half a game and get hurt. It felt like every week. And yeah. so it's just very hard to rely on him. And then my fifth and final one, Again, just moving right past the Cam Akers one. I just don't want to dwell on that too long. Um, Joe Burrow would finish as a top six QB. That did not happen. Obviously, he tore his ACL. However, I will say through week eight, like i.e. taking out the game that he got hurt, he was the QB nine. So not terrible. He was, he was like doing pretty well. There's a world in which he could have ended up finishing as the QB six or better. So I'm not going to take the huge L on that one. He did not do it, but um, pretty damn good season as a rookie anyway on a terrible team. I feel like Craig does want to dwell on the Aaron Jones game makers. <laughs> well, it's one of my bold predictions, so we'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll just do it now. I like I, yours was one of my favorite. I think yours was my favorite of the bold from this episode. Craig was basically like, fuck regression. It's not. Happening. Yes. I, well, the whole Packers team in general, they, none of them regressed. Uh, no. it was based, my, my take was that Aaron Jones will just have the same year he did last year. And that the only argument against him was that he was too good. And <laughs> it's not while the argument. He, <laughs> I feel like you're you're putting words into our mouth. We're just saying statistically no, speaking, I, no, regression not your is mouth. I'm saying the collective media's mouth, the like fantasy intelligentsia. Yes, and like, I mean, it kind of was right. Like, what was the argument that like there's no way he's going to score that many touchdowns again because of how regression works, right? Yeah, yeah that's, the, a, that's that's the the one sentence. It was very unlikely, or at least unlikely, for him to have the amount of touchdown efficiency as he had last year. This right. Year. My and my argument was, was like, like that. If that's, but if that's the only thing you can say, like there's no other, there was no other arguments around his role and the team and what the team does that was like he's going to regress. Besides, like I don't know, he just probably will. <laughs> and and listen, he he got it hurt this year. He did regress in the, in the touchdown total. But I said he was going to have the same year as last year. So you can kind of, however you want to say this. In 2019, he was the RB four in points per game. He was the RB five this year. Yeah. So I mean, what, what did he finish? What did he finish overall? RB5. Even though he was hurt, he's finished yeah. as the RB5 this That's year. That's crazy. So, probably, so DK didn't hear you say that. He was scrolling Twitter. Yeah. And like, <laughs> he, he was like in, in 2019, <laughs> he had he averaged 18.1 points a game and this year, 16.8. But like, he had 11 touchdowns and 13 healthy games. He was pretty damn close to just being the same guy. He was drafted as the RB12 this year for no yeah. fucking reason. And he finished. Uh, even though he was the RB2 of the year before that. And this year was the RB5. So good for Aaron Jones. I, so th this, I, I feel like you definitely were correct in this, but it is worth saying, like, he did regress. Like, the injuries are part of regression. Like, injuries are baked into regression. Uh, okay, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. He did regress slightly. However, you were correct. It wasn't enough to make a difference. He was awesome. I don't know. Well, Cam, Cam Akers, that. not so much. <laughs> I think that injuries are part of regression when I said the player would be bad, but if the player was good and they got hurt, then like, like if I said they'd be good and they got hurt, that's just part of the game. Like nothing you can do about that. When it helps your argument, injuries are great. I kind of think saying injuries are part of regression is kind of a BS excuse. No, not, absolutely not. Injuries, what, what regression is saying is all this stuff all these factors coming together, like take Lamar Jackson, for instance, like there were so many factors that happened that it was like this perfect season. Regression historically just says like, it's hard for all those factors to align exactly the same way the next season because of injuries, because of 
opponent because of just like touchdowns are a random event in a football game. There's not very many of them relative to the number of like plays. All these things together just spell out the idea like all these factors together mean like it's just hard to recreate that perfect scenario that that person had that outlier season. Aaron Jones is good enough to have you know he scored like you said 11 touchdowns in 13 games like his his touchdown scoring was still really really strong. However regression was a factor slightly in this in this whole situation. I like that answer, and yet Craig could not have looked less convinced while you were saying it. I mean, I get He's it. Still it makes rolling sense. his eyes at me, yeah. <laughs> rolling his eyes. You're right. I mean, you're totally right. I understand, like the, in principle, that that is correct. But it, you know, I I try and look at it more of just from like a skill and a scheme standpoint. But you're right that like injuries are a factor. Craig well. watches tape. You should watch some tape, DK. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me blow through the rest of my season-long bold predictions. I said Brady would be a top-two fantasy quarterback. He was not. He was the quarterback eight. He was good. Uh, I said Austin Eckler would be a top-five back. He was hurt all year. He was not. He was the RB14 in points per game. I kind of had a weird year with Herbert. I don't know if they figured out one another yet. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see how they go next year. I still like Eckler a lot. My, my And one of my big ones was that David Johnson would lead all running backs in touchdowns. This is a bold take. He did not lead all running backs in touchdowns. <laughs> However, he had 11 touchdowns in 11 games. He was pretty good. Did you enjoy having David Johnson in your team this year? Yes or no? Mm, no. <laughs> but he was <laughs> He was fine. Oh my god. The definition of David Johnson this year was he was fine. I mean, yeah. No, because it was a roller coaster. No one gets off a roller coaster is like that was fine. You're either like I loved it or I hated it. Well, he, he had like one game this year below double digit points. Like he was really weirdly consistent. He just never exploded. But like, I don't think he was a disappointment. I think he was exactly what you got. At he was better day. than he was better than what I expected him to be. I'll put it that way. He was yeah. the best of the. There was this group of old running backs that we all fate. Well, except for Craig, like David Johnson. When you convinced me, but the, there was the old group of Le'Veon, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's twenty five. Yeah, but he's old in our minds. Let's be real. Okay. The age is he's not. An old like soul. he's thirty-four. He's an old in soul my like mind. you, Craig. <laughs> yeah, Le'Veon's thirty-three. David Johnson's forty. It's like they're all the quote-unquote old guys. The, the guys with old knees. How about that? And David Johnson was the, clearly the best of the old the old running backs. I mean, if somebody would have told you going into the season that he would average one touchdown a game, how high would you <laughs> yeah, have drafted I him? Well, I probably would have thought he played <laughs> one game, but <laughs> I can only tell you he will average one touchdown a game. That is a funny idea. My last one is that Evan Ingram would be a top two tight end. Heifetz, how'd that go? I fucking hate Evan Ingram. I'm so done with that. He better not be on the Giants next year. Evan Ingram. Pro bowler. Pro bowler. Evan Ingram. Pro bowler. Evan Ingram broke through the plane of dropping passes to tossing them to the other team like he was setting a volleyball <laughs> and that the Eagles could just pick, or the Cowboys could just pick the ball off. It was just so, he he also dropped the game-winning uh pass against the Eagles in like week seven that is the reason the Giants needed the Eagles to win this week is because they dude just don't even get me started on Evan Ingram man however (laughs) you felt about having him in fantasy I promise you Giants fans felt the same way just infuriating okay hi Fitz what are yours no I'm not done with Evan Ingram yet you have no idea what it's like to just just be explaining to my grandmother be like hey he's so great he gets open he just can't catch the ball well, he's going to be like incredible in the Cardinals next year. So yeah. So, uh, anyway, sorry. My 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 bolds. <sighs> my first bowl was Devontae Adams would break the catch record. That did not happen, but he was the wide receiver one overall by a lot. Even though he like didn't play sixteen games, he didn't. Play, he played fourteen. So like, you know what? Sorry, he bled league in touchdowns instead. But 
So yeah, I mean, I feel like you can't, I can't, you can't say anything bad about Adams. Like maybe no, he didn't reach your prediction, but he was like the most, he was the most dominant receiver in the NFL. Yeah. He was a, he took the crown. He literally started wearing a crown on the sideline. And I like that. It's like the $11 thing you can get from party city. I, I like that money hasn't changed him. And then to like, he just, unanimous approval rating from everyone who's had him in fantasy. I don't know. I've not met one person who's, who has <laughs> Devontae Adams and is just... I Not like I didn't like having him on my team. I can't remember someone complaining about him in a given week. He's just like the most consistent person, but he yeah. also has the highest ceiling in this in the game. It's insane. He's the most likely person to score three touchdowns in a given week, even more than Kamara, and yet he, he just never has a bad game. He's unbelievable. Uh, the other one... I, had, I said Christian McCaffrey would not be a top five running back. What were we saying about injuries? Does that mean I'm right or wrong? Because <laughs> this You're is right. like, I'm, I'm technically right, but I'm spiritually wrong. I'm telling you, why. injuries are baked into regression. You I were understand saying that. He but Heifetz was saying be... that like from a, like when he's playing, he won't be a top five back was the pick. So here's the thing. The Devontae one, he didn't break the catch record, but I'm counting it in my head as a win. And the Christian McCaffrey one, I was I was technically right, but in my head it's a loss because I was just unconvinced that the Panthers is an offense. But if you added McCaffrey's game with Mike Davis, you get the RB4. That's a top five running back. <laughs> I was wrong about the role. I'm not okay. going to be like, oh, I backed ass first into his high ankle sprain. Like, no, I don't want credit for that. I was wrong about Christian McCaffrey. If I'm like, Odell's going to suck this year and he tears his ACL, I'm not right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just vacuum up all the aggression. Like, yeah, yeah. you're also not wrong. You're also not wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm in limbo. I also said DeAndre Hopkins will not be a top 15 receiver. He was fifth. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Okay. <laughs> Woof. Just a bit outside. Well, uh, well I think, uh, yeah. It's, it's weird because the catches kind of saved him from like the. The Cardinals just weren't as good as they seemed. I just feel like they're the hype of where I think now they're getting corrected because they didn't make the playoffs. But just Kyle, their Cliff, DeAndre, it's like there's just a lot of disappointment. I think you now Cliff is taking all the shine. Or now he's getting all the blame, I think. But Hopkins, honestly, I'm still kind of out on him as a fantasy player. Obviously, in <laughs> real life football, he's like amazing. Did you did you see his there's like route charts from NFL Next Gen stats? And oh, he's I, always on the left. They didn't do this the whole year. They did like mix it up a little bit, but there was one game, I can't remember which one, where it was literally just like, hey, go stand by the sideline on the left side. And it, it, like all his routes were like five yard little out routes to the sideline. Just go stand over there. Well, we'll have Kyler just hit like, <laughs> just check down to you every every time. It was ridiculous. And, you know, they, they did change things up and getting like used a little bit more. But I think that was kind of one of the, you know, markers or uh, symptoms of like their offensive struggles. Like this is what his role is. Th there's a problem here. You know, it's bad because that's what Ben McAdoo did with Odell Beckham. So that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other bold. I said half the tight ends in the top 10 would not finish in the top 10. That happened. Half the tight ends did not finish in the top 10. The guys who dropped out from ADP uh, were so Zach Ertz fell out. Evan Ingram <laughs> fell out. Hunter Henry's right on the borderline, but he fell out. And then Tyler Higby fell out and Jared Cook fell out. So and all those nice and uh, right. And George Kittle. Sorry. And then yeah, Robert Tunyon, uh, Hawkinson, Logan Thomas, Mike Kosicki, John o. Smith, Jimmy Graham, bunch of tight ends that we didn't see coming. Top 10 guys. Mm. And then Le'Veon Bell will be my other last bold. Le'Veon Bell will be benched for Frank Gore by Halloween. Ding, ding, ding. He was benched for <laughs> Frank Gore. I almost Gore forgot by that he was on the Jets this year. You know, yeah. yeah. Feels like a yeah. long time ago. <laughs> yeah. A long time when he was tweeting my nothing wrong with my hamstrings. <laughs> Okay. All right, so not bad. I, what do we all average? Two out of five or something like that? I'm at three <laughs> out of five, baby. Good for you. 
Good job. Good job. Batting 600 on the bolts. I mean, I did, technically I didn't get any of them right, but I'm going to take a few <laughs> it's like spiritual wins. You were close, I, though. I mean, these are bold. <laughs> right? It's okay, because you'll yeah. regress next year. You're due for regression. <laughs> I posit, you, That's the other thing. You can positively, positively regress, so that's what I'm looking at next year. There we go. Positive regression on the bolts. Craig's just rolling his eyes at me again. We can also quickly, I'm not! <laughs> that's just his resting, rolling eyes face. I don't know. <laughs> he just looks perpetually unpleased. Real quick, we can go through the second half bold predictions we did. Yeah. We we don't have to spend long here. I said that James Conner would be a top five running back second half of the season. I've never been so disappointed in myself because it wasn't <laughs> even close to close. Like, I also screwed up other things. I said Chase Edmonds would be a top 10 running back. That was wrong. But at least, or sorry, I'd be saying top 12 running back. At least Kenyon Drake was. I was right about the <laughs> running back position. Completely yeah. wrong about the role. It's like, okay, we're sniffing it. James Conner. He he's bad. The Steelers' offense is bad. They can't run. They can't block. Uh, that was awful. So we have a doc for just a peek behind the curtain. We have a doc for our, our for each of our episodes. And Heifetz has a little like bullet points under James Conner. One of the bullet points is just regrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was the. Uh, I said he was top regrets. five in the month of November. I was saying he top five if, after the trade deadline. And if you traded for him, I'm sorry. He was the running back 49 in the second half of the season. But in my he, defense. If you go by points per game, he was the running back 46. Nice. That's a little better. <laughs> so if you were in like a 23-team league, he's startable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 18, actually, because flex. Uh, oh, right. With flex, <laughs> yes. Well, I, I see th- one more on yours, Heifetz. Think, how'd your midseason bowls? Yeah, Heifetz, I, I, I see one more. Pre-season- oh, one- oh, I don't want to talk about Oh, I said Calvin Ridley would be not a top 10 receiver for the rest of the season. I, think I was technically right. He was like top 13 or something, but spiritually wrong because he missed a couple games with the foot injury, but he was great. <laughs> yeah. I See, Heifetz, you and I did the thing where we touted a guy early on. You touted Calvin Ridley. It worked out. And then you hedged yourself. I should never hedge. Never hedge. I did the same damn thing. I said, I love Josh Allen going in. And then I said he wouldn't be a top 10 second half quarterback. Never that was hedge. super wrong. He Huge was the mistake. QB1. Except last night. I should have hedged on my Eagles money. But yeah, I'm so upset. Well, we also flipped. I had the, I had the, my bolds were right in August. And then DK's were bad. And then DK crushed the midseason bolts. He did. DK, go ahead. Yeah, so I had David Montgomery as an RB1 and half PPR over the second half of the year. He was, in fact, an RB1. He was the RB5, and over the last six games, he averaged 20.4 points per game, which is second only to Alvin Kamara, who had a 56-something point game. So in all, for all intents and purposes, like Montgomery was the guy in the second half at running back. Um, it was the know, best was possible really, really person you could have traded for, considering the value yeah. you would have took to acquire him. And I'm I'm especially proud of this because I remember while we were making these these you know guesses or these bold predictions, I was like, this is stupid. Like this is dumb. <laughs> I felt like I was like, this is like a bridge too far. I'm really gonna look like a moron for this. Turns out that was my second pick. My my second bold prediction was the moronic one, Leonard Fournette RB one over the second half of the year. Basically, I was betting to the point halfway to the season, it was like they were switching back and forth between Rojo and, and Fournette. And I was I basically put my money on on Fournette and that did not work out. It was Rojo for the second half of the year. Um, Fournette basically became a backup and got to the point where he was a healthy scratch one week. Fournette was a guy that actually, you know, you could pick picked him up on on waivers late in the season. He helped you out a little bit, but he definitely was not. He did, he did not do what I thought he might do. Um, my third one was that Brandon Ayuk would outscore all the other rookies receivers over the second half of the year. Um, my actually, if you remember, my prediction was he was going to outscore everybody but Jefferson. And you guys were like, that's not bold enough. 
you have to say all rookies. That's what we and said. And he actually ended up outscoring all other rookie receivers, except Justin Jefferson <laughs> in points per game. Um, in total points, it got thrown out the window. He ended up missing three games with COVID, so he caught, he didn't come close. Um, but in points per game, he was really, really strong. He had 14.5 points per game, which is second only to Justin Jefferson, who had 15.1. So Ayuk had a great second half of the season, so I felt pretty good about that one too. Okay, my second half predictions real quick. I said that Josh Jacobs would not be a top 15 running back in the second half. In the second half, he was the RB15. <laughs> points per game there you go so technically wrong spiritually correct uh my next one was that antonio gibson would be a top 10 rb in the second half in points per game he was the rb9 he got hurt but when he played he was a top 10 um and then my la i did the josh allen one and then my last one was that tua would get benched for ryan fitzpatrick did i get that one twice <laughs> yeah you get double ding, ding. points for that <laughs> it, it would have been three except for fitzgerald had to miss that last game or fitzpatrick sorry had to miss that last game with uh with COVID, so yeah. What's three strikes um, in a row called in bowling? A turkey? Has anyone gotten <laughs> benched three times in a season? Probably. I don't know. It'd be weird to come back each time. Three times is a lot. It wasn't like he was getting benched. It was kind of like he was, get, you know, it was like a reliever came in to like let him. It's funny because Brian Flores was the one who used the ninth inning closer analogy. Like you think that's some like that's like a sports media hack. That is some twenty twenty one ass participation award Gen yeah. Z. Yeah, he got benched. That's at, not new school. Fourth. It's old school. It's baseball. You don't think any none of these Gen Z kids know what baseball is. <laughs> that's true but he's tiptoeing around to his feelings here. <laughs> you know what? There's no content of TikTok on. There's no baseball. They've never heard of it. That's very true. Okay. Fantasy court time? Not, well, yeah. it's, not really it's not really fantasy court this week. It's just a reader email that I wanted to share. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. This is from Brian. It's actually from Beer Pong, Brian. Remember Brian who sent in the Beer Pong email about whether we like the house rules? Oh, yeah. He sent in an email. Oh, yeah, like the 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 sink two balls in one cup type of deal yes. or whatever. I is can't that even actually remember or, what. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's from Beer Pong, Brian. Like most fantasy championship participants going against Alvin Kamara, I watched on Christmas Day as my hopes of winning were mercilessly smashed while he picked up touchdowns like most people pick up cocktails at a holiday party. Kamara ended my week before it began with an almost insurmountable 55 points. But going into Sunday, the gravitational pull of Kamara's performance started making me rethink everything on my roster. Lineup decisions were consuming me from the moment Kamara scored his sixth score until 12.50 p.m. Sunday when something unexpected happened. My wife walked down into the basement where I was playing with my two kids, getting ready to watch Red Zone, and she kissed me, smiled, and handed me a positive pregnancy test. Ten minutes before the 1 p.m. games kicked, <laughs> kicked off, Wow. I was handed the world's greatest excuse to not care about how my fantasy team shakes out. <laughs> yeah. I had done what I could making small moves throughout the week. It was time to just enjoy the moment. Fantasy was stiff-armed on the list of life priorities. Temporarily. Sunday was uneventful. None of my players outperformed their estimates in a way that could really give me a chance. Monday morning comes, and I do what all commissioners have to do, and I recapped the championship. I noted, quote, I don't think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs can get the 80 I need to win, and I congratulated my opponent. Allen and Diggs would need a historic performance for me to win. I come upstairs and watch the game, and after the second touchdown, I texted some friends about how it is still a long shot, but at least interesting, and I got a couple emails in the fantasy chain about whether the Camaro owner was nervous. Then Josh Allen hit Diggs for his third touchdown. I go up by .6 points. Allen is immediately pulled from the game. 
<laughs> fantasy game over. Oh I my throw God. my laptop off my lap and off my lap and jump up screaming. To say that it was improbable is a slap in the face of prob- probabilities. I would have had a better chance of catching a bullet with my teeth. <laughs> As I went to bed that night, the game was over. The win was secured. My house was quiet and my wife had long gone to sleep. I still have enough adrenaline to fight a medium-sized bear running through my veins. <laughs> and I open up my phone to Google Sheets and I look at the baby name sheet I have with wow. my wife. There... In the dead of night with the light from my phone being the only light source in my house, fourth on the list of baby names is Joshua. This is unbelievable. (laughs) I selected the row and slide Joshua to number one, put my phone down, and went to bed. (laughs) I always liked the name Josh. This is fantastic. (laughs) This is such a good email. So how did you how did you get your name? That is going to be one hell of a story right there. My dad won fantasy championship with Josh. <laughs> My Allen dad won eight hundred bucks. The Monday miracle. The Monday night miracle. <laughs> that that was that was crazy when they just went off. I actually I was the on the other end of of beer punk Brian. I was up like sixty with the team with Kamara for third place and lost because of Josh Allen and Diggs. Why did it? <laughs> feel like you if you had Josh Allen you also had Diggs no one just had one of them everybody had them both <laughs> yeah I, I just you know what I just I just I cannot wait to, wait to mean meet beer pong Brian's son Josh beer pong Josh baby beer pong Josh so who would I name my kid who would I name him after this year who is my guy Bobby Trees <laughs> Tree, Trees Robert, Robert Forrest yeah <laughs> Cole Trees Beasley. should be the middle name Cole Beasley <laughs> Just call, just name him Cole Beasley, like full name Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley Horlbeck. Cole Beasley Horlbeck. Like the new girl thing. What they name the kid again? Dan Bill. Dan Bill. Cole Dan. Beasley. Or Batman Chalupa. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, okay. Uh, that was good. Thank you for that. All right, Brian. Unbelievable email. Thank you so much. And. If you guys want to email us, ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. And if you want to email us, our next episode for the playoffs, we're going to be doing a fun format for the playoffs. We're all, the three of us, going to make individual FanDuel lineups before each episode. We're not going to share them. And we're going to go game by game for the playoffs, and we're going to share whether any players we have in our lineups are in that game. And if we have the same player, we're going to do a tiebreaker. We can only, not everyone can have the same player. So we will fight over a random trivia question. And the loser has to pick a cheaper player. We want everyone to email us the trivia questions. Yes. So please email us. You know, I don't know if, if you're listening right now, you've likely listened to other episodes because it's week 17 on Monday and you're listening to this show. So you <laughs> must like us. So if you remember the time we did the, was it Detroit to? It was the distance between Austin and Detroit <laughs> and the distance between Austin and LA. Right. When it was like a two mile difference or something ridiculous. We want emails of like, we want questions of like things that none of us could know off the top of our head. Like what's the population of Canada? You know, just like things where we, no one could know. So then if we're previewing the Brown Steelers game and we go, all right, does anybody have anyone in this game? And DK goes, I have Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I go, crap, I have Donovan Peoples-Jones. We got to go into this. Yeah, like how many zoos are in California? I have no idea, but like (laughs) (laughs) something we have to guess. And we're going to use those as tiebreakers. And yeah, we also don't know what's going to happen. Whoever wins this Fandle uh, competition, we don't know. But that's that's the plan for the playoffs. Also, email us ideas for what the loser of the competition should have to do. We don't know what 
we don't know about that. Anyway, ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Regression. Thank you, Lord. Lord. You, Taylor Swift. Did I already do her before? Oh, I think. yeah. I, like I think you did, did Swift. I feel like when Evermore came out. I got, like, nothing. Who else? <laughs> what do you mean, who else? There's How do a you have other... <laughs> I never know. I seriously never know who to do on this. I'm just going to make a Google sheet. Thank you. Vampire weekend. uh, You know what a Google sheet with bands is? It's called Spotify. I did. I literally, I'm not kidding Spotify, DK. I opened Spotify and looked at the first band I could find. It was Vampire. Spotify's got the wrong name. If they were Google sheets with bands, they would really take (laughs) that. No, they should be called Josh. It hits the SEO right there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys on Friday.